Hello, welcome to the uh, Free Rohingya Coalition Genocide Podcast. Um, I am Zani. I have a very distinct uh, honor and uh, a pleasure to uh, bring on the podcast series uh, Fevriana Fardos. Uh, correct, uh, correct my pronunciation later if, if I uh, mispronounced you. Um, she is the leading and perhaps like the only or the most, uh, um, the best known Indonesian journalist um, that has broken the story of how Indonesia has colonized and uh, jointly raped uh, the, the, the people of uh, West Papua, uh, its natural riches. Uh, the, you know, the, the goal is abundant and uh, you know, to timber resources are worth uh, you know, billions of uh, US dollars. And, and it has uh, less than 4 million West Papuan people who are of Micronesian descent. And uh, they, um, so Fabriana is going to talk about West Papua. Uh, that she has uh, worked for Temple, the leading um, newspaper and magazine based in Jakarta uh, after her uh, the university. And uh, she, there she was sent by her editor to cover West Papua. And, uh, you know, the, her first, um, you know, investigative report essentially, um, you know, made her feel that she has the responsibility to expose what is being done to West Papua people uh, by Indonesia and by Western corporations. And her work has appeared in some of the world's leading publications, uh, including Financial Times, The Economist, um, Time Magazine. Uh, she has been commissioned to cover West Papua by Al Jazeera and others. And also she has written for uh, you know, the non-mainstream, non-corporate uh, publications. And uh, 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 thank you so much, Fevriana, uh, for agreeing to speak on this very important issue. Um, she is speaking uh, to me um, from one of the islands in Indonesia. And um, can you tell the um, audience about the geography, the history of persecution, and history of colonialisms, uh, both? by the Dutch colonial rule and by the current, you know, Javanese dominated Indonesian uh, colonial rule. Thank you, Zarni. Um, West Papua is located uh, 4,000 kilometer from Java Islands, 4,000. Um, so the distance between Jakarta and Jayapura, the capital city of uh, Papua province is about 4,000 kilometers, so it's very far away. And it is, um, there is like uh, Arafura Sea, if you see in the map, uh, lying um, uh, across West Papua. So uh, basically, uh, West Papuan um, is different from the most of Indonesian. They are Melanesian. Um, and also the history. So both Indonesia with Papua um, was act, were actually under the Dutch colonialization until Indonesia declared the independence in 1945 
from the Dutch, but at that time, West Papua was not included yet to Indonesian territory. So after two years in 1947, uh, President Sukarno, the Indonesian uh, founding father, and then the first president, um, he wrote um, the, the map of territory and wanted to include it West Papua. So there was a negotiation between um, uh, Dutch colonial and then Indonesia at that time. And also there was an uprising in West Papua at that time after Indonesia declared the independence because West Papua didn't want to be included in the territory. And this uprising and resistance continued until 1969. Um, Indonesia uh, during 1945 until 1969 uh, tried to negotiate uh, with the help of the Uni United Nations with the Dutch colonization. Uh, but uh, the position of the Dutch at that time was very weak because of the Cold War. Uh, Dutch, uh, which affiliate with the USA, um, has had to face to face with, with Indonesia at that time, um, um, who uh, before with Sukarno, um, uh, Sukarno was very close with Unisovet, but right. And then um, with the help of the CIA, uh, Sukarno was toppled uh, by Suharto. So uh, this then, was in 1965, right? Yeah, 1965. Uh, we know that there is like uh, the 1965 communist purge. So uh, four years after that, uh, Dutch know that the, their position is very was very weak. So they they had no choice but just to uh, let Indonesia uh, process uh, the what they call is a referendum. But uh, it's under uh, a scheme that called New York Agreement set by USA. So there were so many Western countries actually in, uh, involved uh, um, on the, to set, uh, uh, to, to, to let Indonesia annex West Papua. But the referendum was also controversial because um, the, with the help of UN and also um, UN was the one who responsible for the event, um, Indonesian military forced um, uh, West Papua to fight to for the independence, uh, sorry, to fight for the annexation uh, or, 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 yeah, and then reject the independence. So um, the Indonesian um, only uh, choose 1,026 uh, West Papuan to represent 800,000 West Papuan. So West Papuan think that it's not, it was, it was not uh, one, one man, one foot. And until today, they always debate on that. It's not even act of free choice. For them, it's act of no choice. So since- But the, they, they, they call the Indonesians and the United Nations, they work together yes, to basically together. Re, to recolonize West Papua when the uh, the Dutch colonial rule ended. 
So the Indonesian independence, or in other words, independence of Indonesia as a republic, was not really an independence for West Papuan people. That was a new era of colonial rule by the yeah. natives, as opposed yeah. to the Dutch white men from The Hague or the Amsterdam. Yes, so it was actually Indonesia handed over, sorry, it was actually Dutch colonial uh, handed over Indonesia to, uh, handed over West Papua to Indonesia to be colonized. <laughs> so it was just a continue of colonization actually, but with the different actor for uh, before it was Dutch and then now it is Indonesia, and until today, um, a West Papuan resist to um, uh, accept Indo uh, West Papua as part of Indonesia. They, they, and and if um, like today, um, and then Indonesia applies special autonomy status to West Papua, and uh, next year the status will end. So Indonesia only have two options uh, to extend or to accept the offer for West Papuan to help to hold another referendum, which is, it, it seems like impossible. I, I'm not sure Indonesia will let West Papuan to hold another referendum, but West Papuan right now, there is like a, a, something brewing in West Papuan right now. Uh, so many people like, uh, go to the street and then they they uh, yell that they don't want uh, spatial autonomy anymore. So this is actually very crucial time for Indonesia and at the same time Indonesia deploy more troops to West Papua. So uh, uh, now it's September, yeah, right? This is Augustus, right? And then September, October and November. So Indonesia actually only have September of the four four months to decide whether they want to extend uh, the spatial autonomy status or not. And I'm afraid December when Papua celebrate this, the National Day of West Papua <laughs> in December first, I'm afraid there will be another big uprising because it it, it will be the peak uh, that um, Indonesia has to solve whether they are going, the, the situation with the West Papuan, whether they are going to extend or not. I'm pretty sure Indonesia is going to force West Papuan to accept the scheme of the uh, spatial autonomy status part two. But West Papuan, after 20 years, I'm not sure they are going to let Indonesia to extend it. So there right. will be like, there will be like something like, in December, I think something that I don't know what what will happen, but it's con it makes me concerned. Yeah, um, the, let me let me just go back to, uh, a bit a bit uh, to the uh, the original uh, recolonization of uh, West Papua, which began in 1961 under the late President Sukarno, Megawati's father, right? Um, but he was also um, you know, uh, allied with the Soviet Union, and and uh, but uh, and then that recolonization was continued and legalized by 
uh, General Suharto, Suharto which is, backed you know, by with the referendum in 1969, yes. uh, and uh, that was supported by the United States and the yes. United Nations, right? Yes. So, yes. so in during, you know, in the um, Cold War politics, Indonesia had uh, switched different sides and, yes. and, and retained the backing of particularly the its colonial projects with respect to West Papua. But there's also, as you very well know, another parallel case with uh, former East Timor or Timor Leste, yeah? And, mm. uh, but, but, you know, East Timor uh, was also predominantly a Christian population, Roman mm. Catholic, uh, mm. under Portuguese rule, right? So there are two different European colonial powers that were too weak to hold on to their colonies, uh, West Papua and East Timor, and Indonesia yes. was able to snatch both territories. And then I think after Suharto's fall, uh, the Indonesia had to let go of uh, East Timor. And now today we have uh, Timor-Leste, uh, 11th country in Southeast Asia. So West Papua uh, nationalists and people in general would like to exercise the right of self-determination. And the way Timorese people exercise their right to... Yeah. And then, as you know, the TNI, the Indonesian Armed Forces, when they had to leave, they attempted to destroy uh, East Timor as they were forced to leave because of the, uh, you know, the, the agreement between uh, Delhi and Jakarta, right? So yes. you, you, don't, you don't think um, the prospect for West Papuan people exercising the right to self-determine or the right of self-determination is on the horizon because the way you describe it, Indonesia has increased its true built up. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. in other words, yeah. has sped up its militarization or securitization of West Papua uh, autonomous region. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I see that uh, this past five years, actually, when the first time, um, like five years ago, I told like a senior um, researcher, I told that you have to pay attention in West Papua. I think like uh, it is like something is brewing there. Like people like they don't, they don't want to wait anymore. They just want to get this self-determination, the right of self-determination. Uh, to de de determine their own path because it's been like since 1969 i was there and people like they they couldn't stand anymore to just like uh, pretending that they they are part of indonesia that's what i saw and then no one trusts me at that time uh, but then five years there was an uprising in 19 uh, uh, 2019 last year right and it's like the biggest uprising since the, the fall of Suharto. So it was the biggest um, in Indonesia. And then 
it should be an alarm for Indonesia. And if 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 we want to go deep dive, that um, more Indonesian now support the self determination, especially the young generation. So, for example, Surya Anta become the Indonesian, become the first Indonesian uh, uh, jail for treason. So, um, I wrote so, so for, for supporting West Papua independence. For supporting the self determination. So, uh, in Indonesian, they they don't express their uh, opinion openly like that they support the freedom of West Papua, but they um, declare that they support the self-determination, especially the young generation. So I wrote for Guardian uh, just a couple months ago about uh, um, this, um, during this uh, Black Lives Matter issue, there, there, is, there was also Papuan Lives Matter. And so many, so many Indonesians, uh, uh, they state that they, they uh, will let West Papuan to find its own way, uh, which is like it's the soft way to tell that they support the independence. Even though they say, even, even I'm sad, but I will let West Papuan to decide their own path. I mean, like, because after like uh, 50 years, 50 years from 1969, yeah, yeah um, uh, 50 years, uh, we didn't give what they want. For example, freedom of expression, like building the economy and the education, for example. And, and like more people like uh, uh, declare like openly that they support, but it's like the young generation. And of course, if we talk about Indonesian future, it's on the hand of this young generation, right? And and then there is another thing that um, I think like more support from the uh, Pacific Island countries, like more, I heard, like I heard this uh, from the uh, West Papuan activists abroad that more young, uh, young, people in Pacific Island country also support the self-determination. Um, and also now, um, so many Indonesian journalists also like starting to write about West Papua um, in more like uh, quote-unquote progressive way. Uh, they criticize like, for example, the killing in West Papua. So at first I know that I was, I was feeling alone uh, there was like actually a journalist before me, my senior in Temple also wrote about West Papua, but they don't get the, the attention from, from the uh, national audience and then international audience. By coincidence, um, uh, people like, I have so many followers like readers, right? And then when I published uh, the article, they thought that I'm the one actually I'm the one at that time, but actually there was like two other uh, Indonesian journalists, but they don't get the same spotlight at that time. And also they write in Bahasa Indonesia. Yeah, so yeah. My, so my, the, the um, because you write in English, and so you've got uh, the whole world as your audience, yes, right? Yes, yes. And yeah. Let, let me let me ask you this. Uh, 
you met uh, the, the my understanding is that west papua is very very rich in gold yeah yes. and freeport macmaron uh, the uh, uh, the american uh, mining company uh, made um, you know over three billion us dollar in profit in a single year in 2015 or 17 yeah and also west papua is very rich in timber yeah uh, estimated uh, to be worth about 70 billion us dollars right but the uh, the west papuans are very very poor yeah and mm -hmm. although the uh, there's their uh, their region is so rich and uh, the, the riches are extracted out of their region and and they do not benefit from what they own yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and also i understand that you know a lot of indonesian uh, are coming in and uh, you know uh, you know uh, uh, to settle uh, in West Papua. Transmigration. And, and, yeah, uh, transmigration. That has been a policy that was put in place by uh, Suharto, right? Yeah, to, to To turn different islands and regions into uh, basically Javanese control or dominant places. So these islands will lose their cultural heritage identity and uh, you know their political will uh, to be autonomous or independent right so you also wrote about the killing of children right uh, by the indonesian uh, military right so can you explain what life is like for west papuan people because that might have something to do with their desire to not want to be part of Indonesia anymore. If if there was ever a time where a good number of West Papuans thought, okay, well, we'll give it a try and maybe our lives will improve uh, if we team up with Indonesia, right? Now it's very clear after 50 years, they are not benefiting anything from being a part of Indonesia. So naturally, they want to leave. They want to exercise the right of self-determination. Can you explain what life is like, what you saw with your eyes? Okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, if I want to uh, look at how um, how is the life of the uh, a society or, or like uh, a people in area area in one area i always look at how is the woman here so uh during my visit every time when i visit uh any part of the west papua right so um i remember when i report uh that story of the killing of children in the high clan of paniai which is like it's a red zone like everyone have to be careful when you are there when you are there so i went there and then I saw that women um, are very living in a very poor life. Uh, for example, um, if it, there is like a gap between um, non-Papuan woman and Papuan woman, 
So, um, for example, um, in traditional market, um, non-Papuan women, they have their own uh, store, like small store, and then sell vegetable, and then sell anything um, like uh, daily needs. But West Papuan women, they just um, like sit on the ground and sell their vegetables. So it's they don't have place, and um, that's why that that's like one example how poor is West Papuan from how we look at the life of the women and the children. Um, this is another story. The children, I, I saw them. Um, they went to school uh, barefoot, so they didn't wear any shoes. And um, and it's common if you look at the West Papuan children compared to the non-Papuan children. Um, uh, we didn't talk about racism yet because what happened during the uh, uh, and even that triggered the up 2019 uprising. Um, it is because first, um, uh, like bystander uh, call West Papuan bystander along with the Indonesian military and Indonesian police. So the, the Indonesian military and police witnessed this bystander call West Papuan with monkey. And then there is another uh, second event after that um, in Wamena, Highland of Wamena. Uh, it triggered by, uh, because of a non-Papuan teacher called Papuan student with monkey. So, um, so there is also like um, aside from um, uh, aside from uh, they live in a very poor life. They also like facing racism against the, their ethnicity. And then for a man, um, they they are very very active in uh, political organizations uh, of the both like all the like both the young and the old one. They are very active. I don't see any West Papuan being abstained at all. No, they always there during the protest, and um, they were uh, arrested and then jailed. And the last time is like the the Balik Papan Seven, uh, where seven Papuan were accused to organize um, a protest against um, Indonesia Indonesian government, but actually. Uh, they only um, uh, uh, organized protests against racism um, towards the, the, their people. Um, so that that was uh, so many story. Actually, if you meet West Papuan, so many story about um, one of their family member uh, died because of malnutrition. Or died because uh, killed by Indonesian military, or like disappear. And uh, what what about their relationship with the uh, uh, mining industry? You know, like uh, the, yeah. the, the, of course, like you know, the, um, the mining is also a, a now is a technology intensive, right? Not like the old days where mining was labor intensive and locals. Uh, at least we're getting jobs in the mine, but now mines are mining is done, you know, uh, the, with sophisticated technology. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, so West Papua, actually New Guinea Islands, um, um, it's the second largest island in the world and uh, it's rich, like it's the world largest uh, gold and copper uh, reserve, um, including in West Papua. And um, just to let you know that Freeport signed the contract with Indonesian government two years before the referendum. So it, you it, mean that this already, was in 1967? Yes. So they signed the contract with space. So uh, Freeport is the first uh, foreign company who invests in Indonesia and signed the contract uh, to uh, exploit the natural resources in West Papua two years even before the referendum. So it's already controversial. And until today, Freeport is still like the biggest. Uh, and the largest uh, gold mining company in the world, right? And um, West Papua uh, working um, some, uh, I mean like, I think still like many of West Papua still working in the mine, but their position mostly um, on the ground, not in the office, for, for example. So that's, that's what I knew um, because I just interviewed them and then uh, so many problems also with, with the mining company, for example, Freeport. Um, some of the former employer um, file a case against this uh, mining, gold mining company because they were like uh, cut off by the Freeport. Um, uh, so um, they, 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 they cut off uh, the freeport and then they feel that they, they need to file the case against the freeport. So th th there, there are so many uh, company also in West Papua, not only gold mining company. Now it is like uh, happening, like the expansion of the palm oil plantation um, in the uh, region of like uh, Merauke and Bufandigal. And and just just to remind you that West Papua is the um, uh, West Papua, but New Guinea in 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 general is the uh, has the greatest plant diversity of any island in the world. That's why it's very rich. And then um, in in the other side of of West Papua, it, in 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 West Papua province near Sorong, there is like a bay called uh, Bintuni Bay, uh, there is um, petroleum, it, there is like um, LPG gas company owned by the British company. Um, so, uh, so it's very rich and then still like uh, in my latest uh, investigation in West Papua, uh, children in East Papua die because of the malnutrition. So uh, out of uh, one of the uh you know, uh, on the one of the richest uh, um, islands in in the Indonesian archipelago, uh, you know, and also in the world, actually, also in the world. Yeah, and also I think in one of your articles you talk about uh, the you know corruption. The um, you know Freeport McMoran paid uh, millions of dollars in bribes. It's New York Times. Right? It's New York Times investigation, actually. Yeah. Yeah, the um, uh, so in, in one incident, the Freeport McMoran paid one hundred fifty 
thousand US dollar to a single Indonesian military officer, right? But they but they use like you know they spend like you know some millions you know uh, to to bribe the Indonesian military and the military officers while they were extracting billions of dollars worth of profit from this place, right? Can you talk about like um, you know the um, corporate corruption and the collaboration with the Indonesian military? Say, for instance, you mentioned I think uh, uh, General Wiranto. Uh, Wiranto, as I you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Wiranto was one of the close subordinates of General Suharto, right? Wiranto, and he 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 is declared a war criminal and a criminal against uh, humanity by the United Nations, right? And then the, you've got this American corporation collaborating with uh, the Indonesian armed forces whose general was declared a war criminal. You know, can, you, can you shed some light on what kind of things that um, this American mining company expects from the Indonesian military when when the company gave or bribed the officers by the millions? Yeah, um, it is also like a very big headline in New York Times at that time. New York Times was the one who broke that story. Um, yeah, it, um, the story, but still the story is very, very difficult to, to to, to share a like what happened, like it's very dark, the story. We never mentioned the name of the general um, because for journalists, um, I don't think no one, like for example, the killing of the children that I wrote, like it was by Indonesian military, but I never mentioned the name of the, uh, the person, the, the, military person who is getting involved because the cause of mention that name of that person is like you can be disappear <laughs> you don't know right and then um i think like uh, i will explain like in general how the military work with the company um the the the, the from the report it's obvious that um uh, so many like um insurgency like um in in west papua right and then it it makes freeport concern about that that's why um free a company like freeport feel more secure if they work together with indonesian military so in in uh in a freeport mining area there there is always like shooting happening like in miles 68 for example or my something eggs uh, in something kilometer mile um so that's why um the indonesian military work very very closely with uh, with this mining company um so um the, the there was also like so many cases also like like uh in nonsense west papuan um shot and killed by indonesian military uh and the indonesian military argued that uh they were um a pro-independence um, um follower or like a part of west papua national liber uh, liberation army so uh but we until today we still cannot prove that 
whether the innocent people is uh, the the member of West Papuan Liberation National Army uh, or just like ordinary people because um, in West Papua until today is still close off to the uh, outside uh, to uh, other parts of Indonesia, right? Except that if I come there and then investigate usually, I will find out whether they are not. So that's how they work together. They always like working together very closely because of the, the security reason because West Papua also like not happy with the mining, right? Um, especially West Papua Li uh, Liberation National Army, they're not happy uh, with the Freeport. They want, they, they demand Freeport to close the mining because uh, uh, the company exploited their natural resources illegally, illegally illegal according to them yeah of course like you know as you said uh, the uh, freeport magmaran signed a contract with suharto regime in 1967 even before uh, the referendum right and so so it's like you know someone else uh, come in and uh, you know take everything without the uh, local people's uh, consent right and 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 also um the um how isolated um uh the uh, uh the the people of west papua are from the rest of indonesia and uh, who so apparently the indonesian armed forces uh, you know the, uh, keep a very tight uh security watch on uh, West Papua resistance movements, right? And yeah. so, so can you can you talk about the level of isolation? Yeah, because uh, we don't hear very much about West Papua uh, yeah. in in the in international um, media. So, um, uh, West Papua and um, um, like uh, the the if you um, look at the um, uh, area in West Papua, uh, mostly like mountainous. So the region is mountainous. So, so many mountain in West Papua. So I was in Yahukimo. It's very, very remote area and very isolated. There is no signal. There is no electricity. Uh, this is one of the example of the uh, village in Yahukimo. And it's at the top of the mountain. And then there is no gasoline. So and if you want to go to an, uh, the neck or near B village, you have to walk like for a day. So um, it is very, very isolated, especially in the hike line. Also, the people speak different language. Uh, they are like hundreds, like more than 300 local languages in West Papua. And like mostly of the people in, in the hike line, West Papua in the hike line, they don't speak Basa Indonesia. They don't speak Bahasa Indonesia and they don't know, actually like some of them have no idea who is Indonesia. <laughs> some of them that I spoke like have no idea what Republic of Indonesia. They just remember that they are West Papuans. Um, right, right. So, so, it, 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 so it is but, but people in the coastal, they are, they are um, because so many transmigration, so uh, they just like, um, there was an, uh, um, they, they interact with this transmigration. So they have more knowledge. Uh, they, they 
working together with uh, transmigration, even there is sometimes like a class like racism issue. But in the high line, mostly like uh, people have no access to the road, for example, um, to the public transportation. There is no public transportation in the high line and there is no electricity, there is no gasoline, there is no telephone, there is no uh, signal <laughs> at all. Yeah, so the uh, so people travel, uh, you know, uh, on horses or on foot. Uh, on foot, uh, on for foot. example, I, I was in Yahukimo. Um, there is like a, a village called Angru. So um, there, there was like um, so there, there was a small airport um in in some of the high line in west papua but the ticket is too expensive for for the villagers so they used to uh they used to walk to uh to the city like for a week they walk for one week yeah for a week yeah, yeah. but but yeah. they say that if you're still like a child you, you walk for for uh one one week sorry for, for one week um but if you like old like me, he say that maybe like three or four days. It's <laughs> but still, still, still me, yeah, yeah, still so just to get to the place. And, and yeah. uh, so it sounds like, um, you know, um, extremely remote and isolated. And uh, how can they organize, um, you know, um, armed resistance mm -hmm. movements? I understand there are more than one resistance network, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and also there are, um, uh, West Papuan diaspora, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in in, in um, the UK, Australia, maybe like a, a lot closer. And yeah, uh, uh, by by the time I think the men, the men in West Papua, especially mostly the men in West Papua, um, they have like um more like mobilized from the city because some of them become like uh, the head of the village and they have to travel and they have this facility. I think like um, even talk is very isolated, maybe because this has happened since 1969, right? And then uh, West Papua are very solid in the high climb. That's why it is hard for Indonesia to occupy the high climb. So for example, there is a place in West Papua called Duga. So Duga is the only region, like the West Papuan Liberation Army is still like a, um, engaged in a war with, um, with uh, Indonesian military. So it's like war zone there. And then like um, uh, people there, they don't uh, accept uh, the annexations uh, that Indonesia annexed West Papua, they 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 didn't they didn't um, admit that Nduga is a part of West Papua, and it was it, it is the most rebellious West Papuan came from Nduga. So um, yeah, they even so everyone everyone in West Papua across the West Papua uh, know about these Duganese people, and they are very famous. And some of them, I talk. Uh, with them, like from uh, Bintuni Bay to the Marauke, from from the very um, west of Papua to the very north of, uh, sorry, east of West Papua region, 
in their heart they support the Duganese people, these Duganese people, but they cannot be like a Duganese. Duganese people like every day what they are doing is just like um um going to the war with Indonesian military. And uh recently there there was like a, a big clash between Indonesian military and West Papua Liberation Army in Duga and um, for uh, 45 of Duganese to flew uh, to, to find refugee, like Rohingya refugee. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, I met some of them, uh, you know, some of the exiled uh, resistance activists. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, like Rohingyas or others, um, of, co of course, um, resistance movements are also quite, um, uh, 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 splintered. There were some like internal, you know, struggles, uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, among themselves. And so, you know, uh, we won't need to get into that. But uh, um, you did not discover the um, the colonization of West Papua and how difficult and repressed and you know oppressed uh, West Papuan people are until about eight years ago. Right when you are working for Temple in Jakarta, yeah. Um, but but you are yourself, um, you know, uh, Javanese, and then like you know, uh, the you've got a mixed um, the, uh, the cultural or ethnic heritage from your parents. Why do you write about West Papua? Because writing about West Papua is life risking. Uh, for you and uh, you know for others as well particularly if they are indonesians right why do you write why do you basically you you are a professional journalist but you also um have a strong sense of um, ethical responsibility to report on what you find truthfully right but that brings risks to, to your own life and personal safety why are do you doing this? Yeah, um, I was. It was first time when I visited West Papua in two thousand and twelve, in the um, in the hike land. Uh, I report about the education in West Papua was left behind, and I know that there was something wrong because I have never heard about. West Papua before uh, from I have never read always read about how patriotic Indonesians uh, trying to um, annex West Papua to join our like um, independent uh, nation of Indonesia but what I found out on the ground is it was very different and shocking um, that people uh, People are very poor, and then uh, the educations are left behind like 20 years from the Java Islands. Um, and then so many people, so many children died of the malnutrition. And um, I was remember actually uh, my own family in Java Island at that time. Uh, because I came from a family background of the 1965-15, where my big family, especially my parents, uh, 
live in a very difficult situation under Suharto regime um, because of my grandparents' uh, political activity. He, he was a political prisoner. So I knew exactly how it, it was difficult for my father even just to uh, uh, earn living to get me in, to got me into the best school in, in so I can get the best education, right? And I remember how hard it was. And then um, after Suharto fall, uh, finally, um, we can live like a normal um, family, like the other family. We don't have to like report ourselves to the military station or the military station like call us anytime. During the Suharto regime, it can happen, right? So many activists also disappear. Um, um, and when I was in West Papua, I saw like the same pattern, how like uh, they were oppressed, um, they had no choice and they have no voice. Um, so I feel like it's my responsibility for a journalist at that time. Um, um, I know exactly how it, it felt, even it's different from them. But I think like, um, but during the Suharto regime, it's hard to find journalists who wants to, I mean, so many journalists also, but also they have to risk their life. Um, I look at how the Indonesian journalists also like trying to get the story out during Suharto regime. So I like reflect myself that what I have to do if I saw something like with the same pattern. So I actually have to do the same with what the Indonesian journalists uh, did in, in, in the past during Suharto regime. So that's what I did actually. Um, I have to get this story out from West Papua because it was my job as a journalist. So I know that I have this capability of writing in English. So if I write for Indonesian journalists, like there will be like so many self, um, I know like there the, the were so many uh, self-censorship, uh, but I'm, I was lucky because I work for Indonesian, uh, the, uh, the most independent Indonesian media tempo. But uh, when I, um, I feel like I'm, I'm done, I, th I was done at the time working like a full-time journalist and I want to be more independent, so I became, I start to, uh, I resign and start to become a, a freelance journalist. And then it gave me like more independence about what I want to write. And and by coincidence, um, I can convince, I met so many like great editor and I can convince them to, uh, that I want to pitch that story. And then uh, because I think like, because, uh, after 50 minutes, uh, 50 years, I'm, I feel like uh, international publication also curious about what happened in West Papua, right? So I say that I want to take a risk and I want to report the story. So they allow me to do that. And the first uh, foreign publication who allow me to publish that story is Time. So uh, the, this Time editor uh, was very nice to let me pick my own story. And then uh, that, that's how I published and it, get, it got widely shared in Australia, in Indonesia, in USA, in Europe, I think like around the world. So that's why people like recognize me as the first 
person who broke that news. Even talk, I think it's because I write in English. Right. But within your own country of Indonesia, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, younger generation uh, Indonesians are much more supportive of the idea of, uh, of self-determination, right? That's, for them, is a code word for uh, basically independence, right? If, because they never belonged to Indonesia. And then when they were annexed uh, to Indonesia, they, they don't benefit uh, from this union with the Republic of India, I mean, sorry, Indonesia. If anything, they are losing everything that they own, right? Like uh, gold and riches, and then you know, no freedom and, you know, to, exis uh, to exercise. Um, what, what kind of reaction would you get if, you, if your publications are in Bahasa Indonesian? Well, if my publication in Bahasa Indonesia, I'm pretty sure I will get arrested <laughs> because yeah. I disclosed uh, some um, document, important document at that time. I will get arrested uh, directly. I think I think like I don't know like arrest or disappear. I don't know. I, I can't. I cannot imagine if I publish that story in in Bahasa Indonesia. But um, I think like. Um, um, that's why I want to write in English. Um, I think it, my audience also like the young people in Indonesia read more read like English, English, English uh, uh, article in English. So that will be like my benefit also to introduce the history of West Papua, right? So, um, and also like um, they admitted uh, that when the uh, they admitted that so many sources about West Papua also in English. So we get to use to read in English. So we just like let the old generation. I think we, we cannot change the old generation, right? Right, right. Uh, they, they can like accuse me as separatist, but the young generation in Indonesia understand what I'm doing. That's the most important thing. Yeah, if I write in Bahasa Indonesia, I don't think like I, I will get more security <laughs> than today. Yeah, yeah. And um, also, you you are the publisher and editor of this, um, you know, um, a newsletter called The Voice of Papua, right? West Papua. And yes. um, uh, if people want to get more information and want to receive uh, regular updates, um, how how can they um, subscribe to your um, you know a publication? Is there like a website address that you want to give away? Uh, where people um, can join yeah, the subscribe um, to it there is a website called substack uh because uh we use substack as our as our website so s-u-b-s-t-a-c-k.com so you have to go to substack and just click voice of papua and then you will find um, our uh, our uh, newsletter there, and um, you can just subscribe there. Like just click like the the header, and then uh, the, there will be like a direction how to subscribe. It's it's That's very true. easy. And now yeah. uh, we have like more than one thousand subscriber around the world. Around from around the world, yeah. Yes, yes. And also, like, if, if people want to support West Papuan resistance movements, um, are there things that uh, you will recommend, uh, uh, you know, people from around the world do to, you know, in terms of uh, 
solidarity? Um, first is uh, sh sharing any article about West Papua. It doesn't have to be money, but the right. most informi the most important is sharing information. Uh, because so many Western countries are uh, getting involved in this annexation and we cannot just close our eyes and then say that, oh, we are busy with our um, arising or like problem in, in our own country, for example, USA. But just, just to remember that uh, uh, like USA also getting involved like so many, so many countries getting involved at that time. So I think first is sharing the information um, with anyone, like begin, begin to sharing the information with anyone. The secondly, I think if anyone wants to uh, like donate many or whatever, um, actually like um, you can uh, connect with um, West Papuan Church. Um, so many West Papuan church actually become the guardian of the West Papuan activists. So, um, you mean the, the Christian churches in West Papua? Yes, they are very rebel, like so so rebel. Uh, also, like uh, the the West Papuan uh, church, Christian church, um, managed by West Papuan itself. Like, um, and also like I I will like recommend like West Papuan Christian church. Um, they become, they are like very well respected. Indonesian military never can touch West Papua Christian Church because they are very well respected. Indonesian government also respect them because it's very sensitive if, we, if it's come to the church. But little known that these church like play a very important role. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, um, if you donate money or whatever to another institution, you they will accuse you as a pro-independence and maybe you have a problem with your visa. But if you talk with Indonesian church, sorry, Indonesian church in West Papua, um, like they are very open and they used to be like a place where all these um, internal displaced person in West Papua trying to seek refugee is the first person who will be a guard is like uh, uh, the price of the this Christian church. So it's different from the other Christian or Catholic church around the world, but this church in West Papua play very important role. So they are like very uh, objective and uh, professional and respected by both West Papuan and Indonesian government and Indonesian military. So I knew that there is like a new trend Indonesian military is trying to uh, approach Indonesia, uh, West Papuan church. But I don't know how it works, but they try to approach this church. To, to, to pacify the, um, uh, the resistance movement. Yes, right? yes. Try to keep... I think the church is too strong. I'm, I'm not sure. Like one of the um, uh, prominent prize called his name is... Uh, uh pastor benny guy he is like the um malcolm x of west papua <laughs> so he's very important person read more about him uh benny guy um, and his church it's very important church okay well um uh, we are on one hour mark and so we're going to end our conversation here and i um i'm talking to a very distinguished uh, um 
freelance investigative journalist, uh, Fevriana Fardos, uh, you know, on West Papua and its colonized status uh, under the Indonesian uh, occupation. And uh, th thank you so much, Fevriana. And thank you. Um, uh, uh, I, we will release this uh, podcast um, later this week. Yeah. Okay, 